This morning we're focusing on a man by the name of Ananias. Ananias. There are three men named Ananias in the book of Acts. And we're going to focus on the one in Acts chapter 9, beginning in verse 10. Ananias of Damascus. Ananias of Damascus. This is not the Ananias of Acts chapter 5 who was married to his wife Sapphira and they were deceitful and they misrepresented what they were giving unto the Lord. Uh, By the time you read here in Acts chapter 9, that Ananias of Acts chapter 5 has been dead in the dirt for years. And so this is not that Ananias. There's another Ananias mentioned in Acts 23. um, The Apostle Paul had to stand before him and talk to him. and He's a malicious high priest. This is not that Ananias. This is Ananias of Damascus. And we want to read about him, first of all, this morning from Acts chapter 9, uh, 10 through 19. And I've asked Andrew to come up and read that passage for us. Acts chapter 9, uh, verses 10 uh, through 19. Let's all listen. named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which were at the Masters. Here's what we know about Ananias. First of all, he was a faithful disciple. Notice that in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. He was a faithful disciple. A certain disciple lived there at Damascus. When when the Bible says a disciple, it's, it's saying a lot. We can't say everything that we need to say about a disciple, but we can say a couple of things. A disciple of the Lord is a student, student of the Lord. He is learning about Jesus and he is making up his mind to learn and learn and to follow him, follow right into his steps. Jesus himself says uh, in John 8 and verse 31, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He, would, he is a disciple because he's a student of the Lord. He is a a disciple because he had decided not only to to learn about Jesus, but to submit to Him. 
He learned to the point of submitting to him. You know, over in Acts 11 and verse about 25, 26, it says, The disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So, by this time in history, a disciple is just another name for a Christian. You know, Jesus gives the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and in verse, beginning in verse 18, when he says, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and upon earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, how do you make disciples? Well, you teach, and then as they learn, they'll eventually learn that baptism is uh, something that God requires, immersion in water, and that brings the forgiveness, the washing away of our, our sins. And so, Ananias is a faithful disciple in that he is a student of the Lord, and also, he at, at some point, the gospel of Jesus had been brought to Damascus. And Ananias had listened, and he had thought about himself. He had learned how, how consequential, how, how bad sin is. I like the way our, our speaker at the workshop this week, Brother Rob Whitaker, said it. He said, sin hides you from the Lord. It, it does, because Isaiah 59, 1 and 2 says, sin will separate you from God. And it's to the point where God does not hear your prayers. Sin hides us from the Lord. At some point, Ananias had listened carefully. He understood the, the crucialness. He, he understood how bad and tragic sin is. And so he looked for the answer and the answer is found in Christ. And at some point, someone had shared him the good news of the cross. And thereby, he became a disciple. So he was a student of the Lord. And at some point, he had submitted himself to the Lord. But being a disciple also means you have been set apart. Notice, as Andrew read there a minute, a minute ago, in Acts 9, 13, this, he, Ananias mentions the saints in Jerusalem. The saints in Jerusalem. The reason Christians are called saints is because in the process of submitting to the Lord, the Lord sets us apart. And that's a big idea. He sets us apart. We're not like the rest of the world. If you follow Jesus, you won't be like the rest of the world. The, the very idea of the church, and Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock I will build my church. The, the idea of the church is a, a called out people. God calls us through His Word. God calls us out of the world okay, uh, to be His special people. Okay. And we don't, have to, we don't have to study the world to see how to be different from the world. All we've got to do is follow Jesus and we will be different from the world. Okay. So we are sanctified people. Notice it in, Acts, in, in Ephesians 5.26. If you look at Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for it. And then it says there, that in verse 26, that he had cleansed the church by the washing of the water he had cleansed and sanctified the church through the washing of the water and the word. Okay. So the church is comprised, uh, is comprised of, made up of people who have been sanctified. They've been cleansed. They've been washed according to God's plan of salvation. Okay. And so he is a sanctified person. I think he understands that. I think he understands. I think as we read about his life here in Acts 9 you'll see that Ananias understands that, that he has been set apart for a special purpose uh, for God. And we all have. A disciple is one 
not only is sanctified and set apart, but He is one that lets His light shine. He's going to let it. We're not going to have time to read all about Ananias and look at everything about his life. But if you look over to Acts 22 and verse 12, you'll see that he has been letting his light shine. He has a good report. Look at it there, Acts 22 verse 12. He has a good report among the Jews. He has a good report in his hometown. Okay. Uh, people know that he is devout. It says there in Acts 22 12, he is devout. He's devoted. You, you can't question his faith because everybody knows he is the, he's the real thing. He, he is a true disciple. He loves the Lord with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Matthew 22, uh, 37. This, this is Ananias. Now, there's a lot of what we call sometimes unsung heroes in the Bible. There are a lot of those just in the book of Acts. You think about Aquila and Priscilla. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. You know, we say unsung. Basically, the book of Acts can be divided into you know, the activities of Peter from Acts chapter you know, 2 through about uh, you know, Acts chapter 10, 11, and 12. That, that focuses a lot on the activities of Peter. Then from about Acts 13 onward, it focuses a lot on the activities and the travels of Paul. So we look at them as kind of your heroes, but there's a lot of people working in the shadows, and it's always this way. And the people working in the shadows are probably getting more done than anybody else. And Ananias is one of those working in the, in the shadow. As long as well as Aquila and Priscilla, we read about them in Acts 18. Luke travels with Paul and helps Paul keep on going. He's an unsung hero. Here's Ananias. And he is doing his part as well. And so he's a faithful disciple. That's what we know. A second thing that we know about Ananias is that he was a ready he was ready. He, he was a ready warrior. He was a ready warrior. The Lord said to him, Ananias, and the first thing he said, you see it in your Bible, here I am, Lord. Here I am. I love that phrase in the Bible. Here I am. There's something about a person who just makes himself available to the Lord. It reminds me of uh, Isaiah chapter 6. It reminds you of it too, I know. Isaiah chapter 6 concerning Isaiah personally. The Lord had explained, you know, this people's heart has waxed gross. The people, they, can, they, they, they have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, they cannot hear. In other words, their hearts have become hardened. They're drifting further and further into sin. And then the question comes up there in Isaiah 6 and verses 7 and 8. Who shall go for us? Verse 8, Isaiah 6, Isaiah says, Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. This is the same spirit of Isaiah. It has the same spirit. We see the same spirit in Ananias here as well. The interesting thing about Ananias is he's not... You know, Isaiah had more of an idea of what the Lord was talking about when he said, here I am, send me. Right now, Ananias, when he says, here I am, Lord, he does, he's not quite sure what the Lord wants him to do on this particular date. Okay. Now, being a faithful disciple, I believe Ananias knew it probably had something to do with the Great Commission. But as far as details, he's not quite sure exactly what the Lord has in mind. But nevertheless, he says, here I am. If you compare this to Genesis 22, verse 1, you remember that time when God told Abraham, go out and take Isaac, your, your only son, your son, and, and offer him as a sacrifice to me? And look at that. Genesis 22, verse 1. 
The Lord called Abraham. First thing Abraham did said, Lord, here I am. What do you need? What do you need? There, I, Abraham had no idea what the Lord was about to say, but he said, whatever it is, Lord, you know, I'm available to you. I'm available. You know, there are some folks, if your life depended on it, you couldn't find them for the Lord. If your life depended on it, you couldn't find them to do something for the Lord. But not, not Ananias, not Abraham, not Isaiah. Here I am, Lord. What do you need? What do you need? How can, let's just pause a minute and ask, how, how can we make sure we're making ourselves available to the Lord? Well, as we said a moment ago, the most tragic thing on earth, the biggest problem is sin. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in our sin, in fact, we love our sin. We love our sin. I think there's a, a verse there in Jeremiah chapter 5, 30 and 31, where it says, The prophets prophesy falsely, and the people love the heck so. See, we love it. We love it. There is some pleasure to sin. And we love our sin. Okay? And so sometimes we're just so wrapped up in it. Yesterday somebody was mentioned to me, we, said, we have so many conversations, great conversations over the weekend. Somebody's talking about how the, the web of sin will kind of wrap around you know, and, and get into our lives. Well, there's actually a passage about that. Proverbs chapter 5, if you want to look at it, verses uh, 22 and 23 talks about the, the web of sin, the cords of sin. And I could just refer to it, but I want to look at it myself. Proverbs chapter 5 and... Notice this. Proverbs 5, beginning in verse 21. A man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. That's scary enough. And he ponders all his paths. The Lord is watching what we do. Are we making ourselves available? And then it says, Proverbs 5, 22. The iniquities of the wicked ensnare him. And he is held fast in the cords, the cords of his sin. That's what happens. A lot of times we don't make ourselves available because we're so we're all wrapped up in our sin. We we love our sin. Okay. The sin's bringing us more joy than anything the Lord is going to offer us. So I'm going to stay right here in my sin. That, that's one big obstacle. Another is is just ourselves. Ourselves. We get wrapped up in ourselves. We're not intending to sin. Okay. In fact, we have we have many good thoughts about the Lord, but we get. We get wrapped up in ourselves, and we can't make ourselves available to, to the Lord. Okay. We're, we're just wrapped. Jesus mentions in Luke 8, uh, 14, the things that choke out the Word, the word of God are the, are the cares and the pleasures and the riches of life. And we don't intend for all that to, to intertwine into our minds and our schedules and our lives, but it does sometimes. And we get wrapped up. Someone has said a person all wrapped up in himself makes a very small package. We do. We, we, we get wrapped up in ourselves, and, and the question is, who, who does this? Who does this? You talk to people and you say, well, I'm pretty busy. No doubt. No doubt you're busy, but who has made you, who has made you busy? Who, who's put you in this spot? Okay. You ever open a gift and, man, it, it's done really well. There are some gifts you can tear right into and you get wrapped to, to the gift, but there are some gifts that are wrapped up and and somebody has gone to great pains to wrap this thing up. I mean, it's a couple of layers, and it's, it's taped really good, and you think you're never going to get to this gift. 
And you, I, I've asked myself, well, who wrapped this up? Who's the person? You know, we ask that about ourselves. If you're all wrapped up in things so busy, well, who has done this to you? It's not the Lord. He hasn't done this to you. I was opening just a pack of razors the other day. Just a pack of razors. And here's what happened. Somebody chose three layers of the toughest plastic known to mankind and put around this pack of razors and, and some super, super glue. And I, I said, enough of this. And, and I do, Aaron Fletcher, I do have a pocket knife. I just want you to know, I do have a pocket knife. And I, for the first time in a year, I got out my pocket knife and I jabbed that thing. I said, enough of this. I thought, and I thought to myself, who, who does this? Whose job is this? You know, well, who wraps us up? You know, who, who makes all these, all these packages, who makes us so busy? Oftentimes, it's us. Oftentimes, it's us. And we're just not available to the Lord. But now, there are some exceptions. and We've got to be honest. Sometimes, we're wrapped up and cannot make ourselves available to the Lord. And it's just that way. Okay. If, if you are someone, or if you know someone who is caring for an older person and they need you just about night and day and it is part of your family or if it's some, someone that just really needs you and you're, you're wrapped up in that, that's exactly where the Lord wants you to be at that time. And so no one, the Lord is not trying to throw a guilt trip on you saying, you know, that you're not available to do a lot of extra things. That's okay. That's where the Lord would want you to be at that particular time uh, in your life. And so you say, well, what, should I, what can I do for the Lord if I'm in that situation? Well, you just go and do your thing and try to shine the, the bright light of Christ as best as you can uh, to all those about you as you are doing that work. There are some folks that, um, to make ends meet, they've got to work you know, maybe two jobs or, or work long hours of just about every day of the week. I know some folks just like that. And that's exactly the Lord wants us to provide for ourselves. That's exactly what the Lord would have us to do at that particular time in life. And so what should you do if you're in that situation? You should shine the, the bright light of Christ just as best as you can in all that you think and all that you do and all you say while you're doing your work. And especially, I like to say, to our moms, to our moms, if, if you've got little ones at home, if you've got children at home, and not even just little ones at home, the Lord has placed you in that home. Okay. And you are not going to be as available as you are maybe later, or as you were maybe earlier in life. You're not going to be as available to the Lord, but nonetheless, that's where the Lord wants you to be. Those little ones need you. And more than that, the Lord has put you there as His agent in charge to make sure that they are being brought up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's exactly where the Lord uh, would have us to be. And so notice though, Ananias, he was a ready warrior. And he said, here I am, Lord. Here I am. What do you, what do you need? In the third place, I want us to notice... Ananias is charged by God. He's commissioned by God. He said, I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to go to a street called Straight. I want you to go to a certain house. The man there is Judas. And in that house, you're going to find Saul and so forth. 
he is charged. He's commissioned uh, to go. We all are. If we are disciples of the Lord, if we're following him, we have received the same charge. Jesus gave it to the world, gives it to all of us, certainly with the great commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know about that, Mark 16, 15. We've all been charged. One thing that, that we were able to, to emphasize in our workshop this weekend is that all of us can be part of this commission. Okay. And, and Brother Whitaker, when he was here, he said, he said, just think about dividing your congregation into three groups and everybody can be part of the Great Commission. Everybody can be part of this church. He says, uh, everybody can be part of being bringers. He, he basically divided the group into being bringers or teachers or keepers. Okay. And everybody ought to be part of the Great Commission of carrying the gospel in one of these groups or more. Okay. You might be someone who can uh, be ready to teach the gospel to someone. You might be someone who is able to teach and to encourage in some way in some way or fashion where you help people stay faithful once they become a Christian. But as he was explaining, one of the great needs is we, we need people bringing us names. We, we need people bringing us individuals. And, and that is a great work for the Lord. If you don't feel like you can sit down with an open Bible and, and talk to someone about the gospel... If you could just bring the names, if you could just get into people's lives and know of their, of their needs and know of their hurts and then bring it uh, before the rest of us, then that would be a tremendous value uh, to the Lord's way. And so notice Ananias is, is commissioned. He's charged. He said, you go to this house. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? You know, it would have you ever thought about what it would have been like to, to live in these days, these special days of miracles? You know, Ananias is right there in those days. And he, uh, he's given detailed instructions. He says, now there's a street in your, in your city called Straight. Now, historians say that this city of Damascus was rebuilt after uh, some wars during the time uh, between the Old Testament and New Testament. And they was rebuilt. And when they rebuilt it, they just built the streets north to south and east to west. And this, this street called Straight was one of those that, that ran a mile long and from east to west. And so everybody knew where the street called Straight was. It ran east to west. And one of the men who lived on the street, his name was Judas. So go to that street called Straight and go to the house of Judas. Wouldn't this be great to have this information? I mean... He, he's t we, we, we wonder, who is it that is out here who needs the Lord the, the most right now on this day? Well, Ananias is being given this information right from the Lord. Go to this street, go to this house, and he even, he's even, uh, when you get into the house, the, the man's name is Saul. And here's something about this man. He's blind. He has seen the Lord on the way to Damascus. He's blind. He can't see. There's men around him. You'll be able to spot him. And, and he's already been humbled. The Lord has, has already humbled him. He, he, the Lord has appeared to him. And he has, he has changed the entire direction and mindset of this man named Saul. And so there he is. And he's been humbled. He, his heart is open. And he hasn't, he hasn't eaten. He's just been praying the whole time. He's not saved 
by his prayer, but he has a very religious attitude. He has a very devoted attitude. He understands how wrong he, he has been. He's there. He's there. Wouldn't that be wonderful to have that kind of information? Now, Ananias obeys, and he goes. What about us today? We don't have that information. Okay. And we can sit around and dream about it all day long and just be wasting our time. We don't, we're not in the days of miracles, but we've got to find people who need the Lord. One thing that, that Brother Rob uh, shares with us, and it's here in a workbook that he left um, for us, on page 101 and he gives a list of people who oftentimes are good prospects. In other words, their heart's going to be most open at this time of life. Just let me read a couple of these to you. Uh, Those who have experienced a death lately, those who have experienced a divorce lately, those who have experienced separation lately, Anyone who has experienced some, some sort of major illness lately? Uh, anybody who maybe is having a, has had or is about to have a new baby, their heart is open. Uh, one who has just recently retired uh, from his uh, lifetime career is often in, in a mood and a mindset to, to look at new things. Anybody who changes uh, jobs, anybody who has a, had a change in financial, uh, financial status, uh, anybody who has uh, children maybe leaving their home, uh, anybody who is starting a, a new marriage, anybody who uh, may be graduating from college or has someone graduating from college, and anyone who is, uh, is poor, okay? anyone who is struggling, the list just goes on and on on page uh, 101. And so we have to work extra hard, harder than Ananias did on this day, to find those who have a good and honest heart, but it's possible. It's possible. The thing here is, Ananias obey. He's commissioned by God. And he, and he starts out. But before he obeys, uh, there's a little issue. A little issue. Before we get to this issue, I want us to remember that we're commissioned by God. And there's a lot of good scripture, a lot of nice principles that can get us motivated, can, can get us thinking about sharing the gospel. But until we take the steps, until we open our mouths the, the, and, and actually begin the process, then, then the work is still not going to be done. Okay. But a third thing about Ananias, we, we've seen that he's a faithful disciple, and we've seen that he was... Um, he was ready to go. He was a ready warrior. We see also he was charged by God uh, to go. But uh, the next thing is this. He overcame fear. He overcame fear. Verses 13 and 14. He overcame his fear. Who wouldn't be afraid? Saul of Tarsus. Everybody who is following Christ knows his name. Saul had made it his business like a wild animal to try to either kill or imprison those who are following the way of Jesus Christ. And the news is that he's on his way, he was on his way, to Damascus, to the synagogues there in Damascus, to see if he could find somebody who's following Christ, and he's going to do the same thing to them. The Lord interrupted his plans, 
Well, he was on his way to do that, and everybody knew that. Ananias knew it. He's, Ananias says, Lord, I've heard a lot of things about this man. He has authority from the chief priest himself to come down here and bind us. What do you mean, Lord? What do you mean? To overcome our fear, we've got to get to the source of the fear. I was reading the other day about a man who, who in his backyard, he had trouble with moles. These little, small, white-looking animals. I know what they look like because my dog Sally, when I was growing up, she got tired of the moles, and she, she dug and she dug and she dug, and she trapped one, and she'd come out. The, the mole ran up this little gutter to our house, but she got it just as it got into the gutter, and she'd come out with her tail wagging, and she got that mole. This man had mole trouble in his backyard, and someone said to him, I can tell you how to get rid of those moles. What they're after is, they're after what people call grubs. These little insects, they're not yet developed. They haven't gotten their wings. They're still in like a larva stage. They're just like a little, little mass. And, and they're developing, but they're down deep in, in the ground. And once they get their wings and everything, they'll come out and be insects. But the moles love those things. You get rid of the grubs... And you get rid of the moles, and the man did that. He found the source of his problem. The source of our fear is most of the time other people. Just like Ananias. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of what Paul might do. I'm afraid what that's going to bring to us. Have you heard about this man, Lord? Well, the Lord has got to be our confidence. If we had time, we'd study carefully Proverbs 3, 24 to 26, but it says there that we are not to be afraid of sudden terror, uh, we are to be uh, so much uh, not afraid that our sleep at night would be sweet, okay? And uh, that uh, we would be able to just rest in the Lord because it says there in verse 26, Proverbs 3, that the Lord is our confidence, okay? But the source of our problem is that we're afraid of people. We, we fear people more than we fear God. Okay? We've got to trust in the Lord more than we trust what other people might do. Who is able to overcome his fear. Notice what the Lord says. The Lord has a, a unique way of dealing with things. Okay. He doesn't really even deal with the issue. He just says, go your way. Okay. So in verse 13, Ananias says, but Lord. And then in verse 15, the Lord hears him and says, but Ananias, you go. You go. He says, you go for he is a chosen vessel to me. He's a chosen vessel. Paul was chosen by the Lord, as we all really are, to carry the gospel to a lost and dying world. He would stand before Gentiles, before kings, even before the children of Israel, and proclaim Jesus the Son of God. Over in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 7, Paul himself says, We have this treasure. What treasure? The gospel. You read from 2 Corinthians 4 on down to verse 7, you see it's the gospel that should dawn upon us. It's the gospel that brings the light into this dark world. It's the gospel. We have this treasure, this gospel, in earthen vessels. That's us. That's us. The Lord puts the gospel into our hands, and we are to be vessels, faithful vessels, chosen vessels, to carry that to the world. He's my chosen vessel. Well, we should have more time on that. Final thing I'd like to say about Ananias is that he preached baptism. You see it here in Acts 9, 18 and 19. Saul was ready. 
Saul was now a believer in the Lord, in the Lord Jesus. The very one that he had persecuted, now he's ready to, to, to believe. He, he's ready to uh, submit. He just needs to know what to do. Why would Ananias bring up baptism? Well, there's always been water in the plain. God used water to transform Noah and his faithful family from that old world to a new world. God used water in the plan to save Naaman from his leprosy, dipping seven times in the Jordan. There's always been water in the plan. In John 9, when Jesus was healing a blind man, he spit in the mud, made, spit in the dirt, made mud, put it on the blind man's eyes and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he went and washed and he came seeing. It's not like it's a new thing. It's not an unusual thing for God to use water in His plan for man. And He does in the most important plan of all, the plan of salvation. Jesus once said, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, verse 16. The Lord leads Peter to write in 1 Peter 3 and 21, the light figure whereunto even now baptism saves us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's gone into heaven and sat down on the right hand of God. All authority has been made subject unto Him. But notice, by the very authority of Jesus, we are to be baptized for the salvation from our sins. This was so important. I want you to think about this. Think about Saul's condition. For three days, he has been without food. And he's just been praying. Notice the order of things here in Acts 9, 18 and 19. First, he takes care of his baptism. Then he receives food for strength. You think it was pretty important to Ananias? You think it was important to the plan of God? You think it was important for Paul to make sure that he obeyed his command? And so this man, Ananias, don't hear much about him, but a faithful disciple. The Lord selected these men. And there are many of them that we, we don't read about. But He selected these men to put in sacred scripture so that we can learn some things from them. Before we leave Ananias, just think about the, the whole situation. Okay, Here is a man. He did not have to leave his hometown to share the gospel. Here's a man who accomplished a lot in just a very short time. Just that day. That day. Here's a man who did just one Bible study. But look at the amazing results from it. And in our workshop, that's one of the phrases that's going to stay with us because I'm going to repeat it and we're going to keep repeating it. The Lord's not asking us to convert everyone. Just do one. Just one. Could you find someone who's outside of Christ? Just find that one person. And the Lord will take that one and do amazing things with it. Do I believe that? Do you believe in the Lord? If there are situations in your life where only the Lord can help, we invite you to come this morning. Certainly, if you're ready to put Jesus on in baptism, we invite you to come. Let's stand together and sing this time.